Amen. It's good to be in church, is it not? Can we just thank our worship team for leading us in worship? We really do have an amazing worship team here at Link, and I'm so grateful. We had Jordan that was over here on the electric guitar this morning, just tickling our eardrums with that little guitar riffs there. It was absolutely amazing. It's good to be able to be um, at church with you this morning, and what a privilege it is for me to be on stage to share the word with you today. Um, I'm always so grateful, and it's always such a big privilege for me to do this. Usually on a Sunday, I'm in the rocket room just over there, busy switching the cameras, telling the guys which shot to get. Now I'm in front of the camera, so it's a little bit different, but I'm, I'm really grateful and very honored to be here with you this morning. And uh, if you don't know me, my name is Jean. I'm the youth pastor here at Link Church, and we run a pretty crazy youth ministry. Uh, but young people are awesome, and this generation is awesome, and we're doing our best, which is amazing. Um, I was chatting to Pastor Tess and, you know, just asking her, hey, what is it that I could perhaps share this morning that would really encourage the church? Um, and and um, she said, our church needs to be pastored. So I was like, okay, that's amazing. So I started to pray for you and I started to think about what I could share with you this morning. And I just felt God lay on my spirit, just share, share with my church um, my father heart for humanity. And I just thought, man, that's, so, that's, that's brilliant. And so my message today is simply called The One You Love. Can I just get you guys to say that quickly just one time? The One You Love. And so as I was praying for you this morning and as I was seeking the Lord for you, I wanted to share this message with you because I have this burden on my heart that you would grasp this really crazy idea that God the Father is relentlessly pursuing you and relentlessly pursuing me, desperately wanting to hang out with us, desperately wanting to walk with us in the cool of the day as it was in the Garden of Eden. Jesus wants to take out some giants alongside you. Jesus wants to move some mountains with you, but more so than ever before, God the Father wants to lavish his extravagant and overwhelming love over you this morning. See, God the Father is is very important because he's the creator and the sustainer of all things. Church, let me tell you something. He wants to sustain you. He wants to give you everything that you need in order to do this life in a crazy, magnificent way and pursue the dreams that he has placed on your heart and get into the purpose and get to that destiny that he has placed in front of you. And he is a good father. You know what a father does? A father encourages, a father inspires, a father draws close. I am grateful for a heavenly father this morning. And you know, his love that he has for us is so unconditional. It is unconditional. There is nothing that you or the enemy can do to separate God's love for you. Absolutely nothing. No condition whatsoever. And you know, we have been conditioned here on earth uh, to believe that there are conditions for everything. And you would agree with me now. You know, this condition, I was chatting to Dubsy just the other day. Dubs and Pastor Dill are going to go and run the Comrades Marathon. <laughs> Good luck. Awesome. Yeah, well done. Great choice. <laughs> um, but there's a condition to it. You can't just say, hey, I'm going to run it. Do you sign up? And there I go. No, you've got to train every day. You've got to go and run a marathon if I'm right. And you've got to make the marathon in under four hours and 50 minutes. You can't just go and do it. There's, there's a condition to it. Imagine every month on the 25th that you would just receive a salary without doing any work. Amen, Jesus. <laughs> would that not be amazing? That would be great. No, you've got to work. You've got to put in hours. Some of you have to deal with a crazy boss and some crazy colleagues, and, and you've got to put in work. That's the way you get a salary. You can't just move into a house. You must pay the rent. There's a condition. If you want electricity, you must go and buy 
a generator. And then you must pay astronomical amounts for fuel in order to make the generator work so you can have electricity to watch TV. Too soon, sorry, sorry. But there are conditions to all things. The world has, if you're in college, you can't just get the degree. That would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> doctor, I'm a doctor now. Come see me. <laughs> you can't. You've got to, there's some things that you need to do. The world has conditioned us to believe that, 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 that we need to do in order to get. And you know what's crazy about it is that we have applied the same concept or same, same thought structure to our Heavenly Father. And if we're honest, we, we do. We, we apply it just copy-paste. God, you must be the same as my earthly father. I mean, some of us in the room, you've, you've had an earthly father or earthly grandfather, and, it's, and it wasn't so great. He's put so much fear in your soul that you feel like God in heaven is the same way as your, as your, as your earthly father. And I want to debunk that thought because he's not. God in, in heaven is not the reflection of your earthly father. He's not the perfection of him either. He is on a whole other level. He's on a whole other level. So I want to debunk that thought right now. And here's the, here's the problem with everything being transactional and conditional. I will only love you if you love me first. I will only give you respect if you give me respect back first. Or if you give me respect first. Husbands and wives, I will only do the dishes if. <laughs> I will only change the baby's nappy if. My wife is in there. I love you, baby. <laughs> It's been, it's been, and here's the thing, humanity is broken and this world is in need of someone who can fix it. But we have been so convinced that we need to do in order to get that we, 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 don't, even, we don't even believe that, that God loves us fully, 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 fully. And we, we've, been, we've been convinced that we need to fix ourselves in order for God to first love us. Or we need to come right in our sin before we can step into church because, hey, I'm going to get a lightning bolt when I step into church. It may even be the person sitting next to you right now. You're like, oh, he made it to church. I'm fine. <laughs> right? The world is in need of someone who can fix it. But here's the thing. <laughs> Sorry. Um. We, we, we need to know very, very deeply that God loves us. And the only way that we can also love other people first is if we understand that we are first deeply loved. The scripture says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, how are you supposed to love someone if you don't love yourself? How are you supposed to love yourself if you don't understand the love of the Father that he has for you? We can't draw from a world that is empty, which is self, which is what the world is so pushing on us as humanity. Self, self-pride. But God's going, no, 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 draw from my well. Because the overflow will be that you will love your neighbor as you love yourself. This world is in need of a savior. His name is Jesus. And he has this very deep well, and it's filled with love. And you and I can step into that every single day. Think about this for a moment. You, you know that person in your life that desperately needs help with something. They, 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 they need help with something. We've all been in this situation before. You go to the shops, you purchase a whole bunch of groceries, you come back with about 10 packets that cost 10,000 rand, and uh, you will not make a second trip back to the car. You will sacrifice the blood flow to your fingertips in order to make all 10 bags get to your house at once. But there's people there to help you carry. No, 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 I'm the man of the house. I can do this. I can carry all these things. We, 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 we need help. Or maybe uh, you, you're a bit like me. You get hurt, you get a cut. You need stitches. You need to go see the doctor. You need stitches. You come home, you say, baby, I've got a cut. She says, you should probably go to the doctor and get stitches. Nah, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. And then you go into your bedroom and you start sweating. 
and you start feeling faint, and you start going whiter than white, and your, and your wife's like, hey, just go to the doctor, get stitches. No, baby, I'm fine. Here's the problem. The problem is not that the doctor didn't want to stitch you up. It's that you didn't want to go and see the doctor. That's the issue. The problem is not that you don't love God or feel like you don't have enough love for God. Well, that is the problem, actually, because God's love is for you, unconditionally there, every single day. Every single day. Every single day. And I feel like that's kind of what God's like with us today. He is the equation. He has the answer to our questions. He is the equation to our life. But sometimes we just can't see it because we feel like we must become right first in order for him to accept and to love us. Revelation 3.20 says this, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he will eat with me. Maybe a different version on the screen. But he's knocking on the heart of your door. He is there. It's whether we open the door or not. That determines whether we receive him or not. Imagine you order a take-a-lot product and it says delivery in seven weeks. And you're like, wow, it's a long time. I can't wait to get it. And then finally, the delivery guy comes at your door with a massive box that he can't even carry. And he knocks on your door. And you go through the window and you peep and you say, oh, the delivery is here. But you don't open the door. The reality is God the Father is here this morning. And he's knocking on the door of your heart. And he wants to lavish his love on you this morning. Will we open the door to allow that to happen? 1 John 4.10 says, this is love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us. It's not our love for God that moves God. It is God's love for us that moves God. And here's how unconditional God's love really and truly is. When, when, when God gave His Son to be crucified on the cross, He wanted zero guarantee that we would choose Him back. He wanted no guarantee that we, I could imagine Jesus going to the cross, okay, Father, we're going to get a contract here, just help humanity, we're going to sign a contract here, because after this, I really want them to, no, God the Father said, we're going to do this thing, you're going to be sacrificed on the cross, but I want no guarantee that humanity would choose me back. Imagine I said to you today that you need to give away your business that you've been working for, uh, for 20 years, your house, your home, all the clothes that you have, all that you can keep is just the clothes on your back. And I had to say to you, but tomorrow I'm going to give you 200 million rand without any guarantee. I'm not going to sign a paper. I'm not going to send you a text so you can't trace it back to me. No. But just my word. Would you do it? Never. I won't guarantee that it's going to happen. God the Father wanted zero guarantee that we would choose him back. That's how extravagant God's love is for us. 1 John 4.15 says, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. We don't just know it because it's one thing to read your Bible and to know the scripture. It's another thing to know it and rely on it daily. And we are called to rely on the love that God has for us. Now you might be sitting here going, oh, John, why do I need to know this? You need to know this because your life will be completely different when you grasp the crazy idea that God actually loves you as you are. 
Your life would be different. You will operate with a different mindset. You will walk with a different perspective. You will do things differently. Now, I remember when I was, when I was younger, I can say that now because I'm turning 30 in about a couple of days. Jeepers, 30. Wow. Growing up, eh? So when I was younger, I used to skateboard a lot, and I was skateboarding in the road, you know, outside my house, and my dad would come home from work, and he would say, Jean, you should probably not skateboard in the road, but maybe on the pavement. And I said, Dad, don't worry. I do this all the time. And he goes, I know. I'm trying to help you here. Don't do it on the road. Do it on the pavement. And I said, Dad, don't stress. It's all good. Next day comes. I'm out skateboarding on the road again. What happens? Cops come. Someone had phoned the cops. I said, sorry. They said, sorry is not good enough. They took my rail. They took my skateboard and they drove off. Naturally, I did a very big, ugly cry because my whole purpose was gone, which I thought it was, but it wasn't. So I go home. I go see my dad. I said, dad, you won't believe what happened. The cops took my stuff. He gets this look in his eyes. He gives me a hiding. I got the pop Leopold. I got the sum book. I, I, got the, I got the belt. I got every type of hiding. I was grounded for a month. My dad took away my phone. I couldn't go and mix it. Remember mix it? No mix it. My dad says I must break up with my girlfriend. Um, I need to make food every day. Um, he said to me, Jean, if you don't sort yourself out, I'm not going to love you. If you don't sort yourself out, you can't come and see me. Joking. That never happened. Because what good father would allow his sons and daughters to sort themselves out? What good father would allow his sons and daughters to suffer even more so than they have already? Instead, you know what my dad did? He said, get in the car, son. We're going to the, the cop station. And then I really got worried because I thought he was actually taking me there as well. <laughs> and so we drive there, we get there, and my dad goes to you know, the counter and he says, hey, which one of you took from him? Which one of you, and the guy comes out and he's like, no, you know, this is what happened. He was in the road, no, 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 and then words, eh? back and forth, tennis match. I thought, ooh, it's getting heated. Words there were said that I can't say now, but you know what I mean. And I thought to myself, me and my dad are going to go to jail. It got so heated. And, and my dad actually said this, and this is a true story. My dad actually said this. He looked at the guy and he said, if you take from him, you've taken from me. Whatever you've taken from my son, you've taken from me. And I wanted to just say that over you today, church. I wanted to say that over you. Whatever the enemy has taken from you, he hasn't just taken it from you. He's taken it from the Father. He's taken it from the creator and the sustainer of all things. And I could only imagine God gets this fiery, fiery look in his eyes when the enemy takes from you. And he says, oh my goodness, I'm going to get that back for you. And so my dad gets back my skateboard and my rail and we go out and he says, go on, son, get back out there and do your thing. How absolutely incredible. Now you might be saying, well, Jean, your dad was a, was a great dad. What, a, what an incredible, awesome, earthly father you have. You know what? I want to say this again. Your dad, your, your, your earthly father is not the reflection of your heavenly father. Your heavenly father is not the reflection of your earthly father. Our heavenly father is on a whole nother level. Whole nother level. He's holy. He is divine. And you know what? He is jealous for you. So jealous for you. He is so jealous for your purpose. He's so jealous for you to get to your destiny. He's so jealous for you to step into the calling that he's placed on your life. 
He is so jealous for that. And he's going to do everything in his power to get back what the enemy has taken from you. When you know that you are deeply loved by your heavenly father, it doesn't matter how many times you've messed up. Guys, this is really hard to comprehend. Because we're like, no, you know, if I mess up, it's law and it's obedience and, and those are all real and, and, and honest things. But it doesn't matter how many times you've messed up. It doesn't matter how many times that business didn't work out. It doesn't matter how many times that relationship didn't work out. It doesn't matter how many times you failed or fallen face down on the floor. It does not matter. When you, when you know that you're deeply loved, things change. Perhaps you're sitting here today feeling a little bit of guilt or shame for some things that have been said or done. Maybe you feel like you've been robbed of time. Maybe you feel like you've been robbed of your purpose. Maybe you feel like you've been a bad parent or a bad husband or a horrible father or whatever the case may be. Maybe you feel like your life just doesn't look like anything like you wanted it to look like. Maybe you just so desperately want to step into your purpose, but you feel like the enemy has taken it from you based on the past three years that we've currently experienced. I want to say this to you. When you know, everybody, can you just say no? When you know that you are deeply loved, you can run to your heavenly father like I did with my earthly father. And when you tell him what's happened, he's going to get this fiery look in his eyes. And he's going to take back from the enemy and restore to you what the enemy has taken from you. I believe that so much. Because he is a good, good father. He is a good father. Do you believe that with me this morning? Why? Because the father is the restorer, the renewer, the returner, the completer, and the sustainer of all things. And you know what? You are the one he loves. Turn to your neighbor and just tell them that. You are the one he loves. Left or right, your favorite person or not. Why can't I run back to my dad even though I went against what he said, even though I, I, I did what I shouldn't have done? Because my dad didn't look at me any differently. He still saw me as son. He still saw me as, 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 as his. And I want to say that to you this morning. God still sees you as son. He still sees you as daughter. You know this... Uh, <laughs> In, um, what's the movie, Lion King? Anybody ever watched the movie Lion King? The last time I watched it, I think I was like four. I don't know. Bad, bad, John. Um, but there's this moment where Rafiki holds up Simba and he shows him off. <sighs> right? <laughs> I don't know what was said there. But he shows him off. And you know what I just thought? We're sitting in a room today full of people, different ages. You've done different things in your life and um, different races, and, it's, and it's, it's a beautiful picture. Some of you are sitting here, you're 45, maybe 50, maybe 80, maybe 29, whatever the case may be, and uh, some of you are CEOs of, of, big, of big companies, some of you have employees, you know, 500 plus employees working for you, and you're sitting and, you, and you're going, John, why are you telling me that I'm a Simba and God's holding me up? Listen, before you are dad, husband, business owner, CEO, before you are any of those things, you are first son and daughter of the Most High God. And you have a heavenly father who wants you and wants to lavish his incredible, extravagant, overwhelming love over you. He holds you up. And I can imagine he would go, this is my son. This is my daughter. And anything that comes in between us, they're going to have a price to pay. Anything that comes in between us is going to have a massive, massive price to pay. And a band, you guys can come and join me in this moment. There's a scripture in, in John chapter 15, verse one to five. Jesus is with 
Lazarus. Well, he's not actually with Lazarus, but, but Jesus has this friend named Lazarus, someone who he and Lazarus they just had a really good relationship. And uh, Lazarus had fallen ill, he'd fallen sick, and Mary and Martha were there, and Jesus wasn't around, he was far away, and so what they had to do was send word to, to Jesus. And it says this, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus. The sisters sent word to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick. The one you love is sick. Mary and Martha knew what would move Jesus most was not the love that Lazarus had for Jesus. It was the love that Jesus had for Lazarus. Stop trying to prove your worth to, to, to God. You are already chosen before he could choose you. You were already called son and daughter before you could even say son or daughter. That's how good and extravagant God's love is. And the reason I need you to know this is because some of you are feeling worthless. Some of you do feel like you haven't, you've missed the mark in life, not sure what to do, not sure where to go. Messed up so many times, you're not sure God actually wants you around. Can I just debunk that for you this, this morning? It's time to start <laughs> believing that God overwhelmingly loves you. He's your father. And the one thing that I'm sure of is this. Every one of us in this church building right now and watching online, every one of us, needs a father. Every single one of us, whether you've had an earthly father or not, you've got, an earth, you've got a heavenly father who's always present. Always present. You know what the best thing for a teenager is? The best thing for a teenager is that when they're at school and they're playing that rugby game, that soccer game, that hockey game, or whatever sports game it is, you know what's the best thing for them? when their father is standing on the sidelines shouting down their name, whether they're playing for the first team or the last team, whether they are scoring a try or whether they gave the ball over to the opposite team to score a try, whether they are running to tackle or get tackled, their father is on the sideline shouting down their name. And I just wanted to say this over you this morning. Your heavenly father, yes, church, if you can really grasp this, is standing on the sideline of your life shouting down your name. He's standing on the sideline of your marriage going, come on, son, come on, daughter, you've got this. He's standing on the sideline of your business saying, try again. That one didn't work out, do another one. You've got this. <laughs> if you would really grasp that idea, you would, you would run out of this church building with a new perspective. And you're not gonna use the doors, you're gonna go through the walls. Because you've got this person behind you and he's like, come on, we've got this. We've got this, you've got this, I'm behind you, I back you. He's the creator and the sustainer of all things and he wants to sustain you in everything that you do. And you know what, this morning I wanted to, I wanted to do this, I wanna ask you to stand with me and maybe at home you can shift in your, in your seat. But Mary and Martha took a moment 
to send word to Jesus. And this morning I thought perhaps you're in the space where you need to send word to Jesus. Send word to your Father. And the band is going to play behind me. And as we go into this next song, I want you to take a moment with the Father. Mary and Martha said here, Lord, the one you love is sick. Maybe this morning you're saying, Lord, the one you love is tired. Maybe the one you love is restless. Maybe, Lord, the one you love is lonely. Would you come and comfort me? Maybe, Lord, the one you love is ill. I need healing. And then there's a second group of people in this room. Maybe you're sitting here today or standing here today and you go, oh, shucks. I realize now how good the Father's love is and that it is there and that I don't need to prove anything to Him because He's unconditionally after me. And maybe this morning you can just simply say, Lord, the one you love is thankful. Lord, the one you love is healed. Lord, the one you love is made holy because of you. You know, this love that God has for us changes us. The grace that God has for us, change it transforms our lives. It doesn't give permission to go back to do what you've always done. It changes you. When my dad gave me back my skateboard and my rail and he said, go on, son. He didn't say go back into the road and do what you did. He said, go onto the pavement. Operate differently. Operate differently. So may the God of heaven and earth, the creator, the sustainer of all things, transform your life. And may you know today that he is standing on the sideline of your life and he's shouting your name down. So take a moment, church. Lord, the one you love is.